I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. What platform is are people going to for each product? Like what product or the other way around, which product is doing best on each platform? Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 70. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about choosing the best marketing platform for your offer. But before we go any further, what are you drinking today, Jesse? Mm, so we picked up some um, Lina Kugel's Summer Shandies the other day. And so, mm. which, so we went for a mountain bike ride on Sunday and um, I did really good for I like- I saw not, that. I yeah, saw your, your record. I, I beat some personal bests on that particular ride. And then we kept like leapfrogging with this other group. So it's like, we kind of passed mm. them, then we rest and they passed us. And then, and they, at one point we were just kind of like, casually chatting and the guy was like oh this is a great day for a ride but it's gonna be even better with a beer later and I was like "Ooh, that sounds really good so I didn't want like a full-on like super heavy IPA or anything and so I was like hmm George I didn't have my wallet so I couldn't I didn't want to go into the liquor store because of course the time I don't have my wallet I'll probably get carded and I was like I want something like a summer shandy he's like do you want a summer shandy (laughs) like do you just want to tell me what yeah. you want. Yeah. And so he was like, I'll get you the line of Google summer shandy. I was like, all right. So. Those are really good. I'm kind of yeah. having my own version. Well, my morning version of that, which is, um, have you ever had the medicine ball tea or now I guess you've mentioned me. it. Honey, no. citrus. Yeah. That I know it's supposed to be like, it was originally people came up with this drink at Starbucks to like make you feel better for a cold. And I will swear that it does actually help when you feel like you are getting a cold because it's got mm. like vitamin C and yeah. honey, which obviously is, is a really helpful thing. Like even when Ariel gets a cold, like the doctor will say, um, try to put some honey, uh, in her, you know, on, on top of something to eat it because that'll help shorten up the length of the cold. So there's honey in it and everything. So I am enjoying one of those just cause they're, they're like such a, I mean, I know it's, we're in May and we're getting to that summer. Mm-hmm. So I, so the, so the lemonade, the warm lemonade is kind of my yeah inching Sounds towards good. summer. It is good. good. It is good. So that's my, that's my drink of the day and mm. a little less festive than yours, but we're working on it. Mm. Well, all right. Now that we have that important business out of the way, let's get into our discussion with our guest, Emily Parker. Emily is the founder of Double E Strategies, where they provide digital marketing services such as website development, social media management, and advertising, as well as email marketing. Their goal is to help impactful companies grow through fresh and innovative strategies while also staying up to date with current trends. Today, she's going to talk to us about choosing the right marketing platform for your strategy or offer. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm We're excited so to be here. Ex- we're so excited to have you. But the first thing we must ask you, because this is cocktails and content creation, is what are you drinking today? Today, I took a little break from tea and I'm having a V8 energy this morning, just trying to get the day started well. Some vegetables and fruit in the mix. That's too. probably the healthiest so necessary. <laughs> thing we've heard in a while, I have to say, unless except for like plain water. So I do. I do love V8. I actually haven't I feel like it's probably been like 10 years since I've had I don't like any of their like tomato-y 
product stuff mm-hmm. just because it's not for me. But I this like fruit energy drink stuff is delicious. And if you're not a coffee girl, then that's, that's the way to go. Mm. I actually that sounds really good. Maybe I'm gonna have to try it. Mm-hmm. Good for the right. summer. A little more refreshing than a hot coffee. And we're <laughs> getting true. we're getting to summer. We're getting there. And yes, it's it's a little bit more refreshing. Is sounds like a good plan to me. All right. Now Jesse gave a little bit of an intro about who you are and double E strategies, which is your company. But tell us a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do specifically. Yeah. So I got into digital marketing through college. It was part of my major. Lots of my internships were working working at agencies, and I just loved it so much. Um, I actually worked for a bunch of different companies after college and throughout college and always wanted to start my own company, but never really felt the push that got me there um, until about a year and a half ago. We moved during COVID, and I was like, okay, well, if there's any time to start my own agency, it's now. So we did, and I've loved it. Um, And specifically, I focus on social media management. So the content creation, the strategy, um, all of that fun stuff, pulling together the reports, but then we also do website development. So it kind of works together really well, especially because of all the tracking that you need on your website to make sure you can understand how your social media is connecting people to your business. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if we've had anybody that has specifically like talked about that connection. It's like we kind of talk a lot about content. We've talked a lot about content creation for the specific platforms, but not really like, oh, yeah, we actually do want people to go from those platforms to our website or landing pages, whatever it is. Right. Right. And it's so important because that's the whole reason you're usually making the content. Right. And so after people know about you, you've got to lead them somewhere. We're going to dive right into this. So, you know, along the concept of strategy, it sounds like you offer a very robust strategy with your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, How can we start thinking more strategy about our marketing efforts? You know, one of the things that I've been really focusing on this year is being more present, you know, being more efficient so that I can be more present in my real life, not my like work life. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, how do we just like, like think about content as just not creating it for content's sake, but actually like content that's worth it. Yeah. So I think a big part of it is figuring out what platform is going to be best for you. So a lot of people just stick with the bread and butter of Instagram and Facebook, right? I mean, that's what everybody seems to be on. So might as well make stuff for it. But what I found is, especially if you have a very specific kind of company, you service a very specific specific niche, then it's really helpful to know where are those people. (laughs) So some of those people might be more so on YouTube or Pinterest even, or TikTok or whatever, just because it TikTok is the most popular in the the news and on all of the apps and stuff doesn't mean it's the perfect platform for you, but doesn't mean Instagram is either. So kind of thinking about your audience and really taking a deep dive on all of that. I actually have a freebie coming out soon. That's kind of helps. It's almost like choose your own journey kind of a thing where you kind of help figure out which platform is going to be best for you. So that's something I'm happy to talk about a little bit more. Yeah. I think, um, would you be able to share an example maybe with a client without sharing like too much specifics, um, on like how you worked with them to decide, like, we're going to focus mainly on Facebook and YouTube or whatever that is like, what sort of process led you to that decision? And then how it like turned that around for their business. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's kind of twofold, right? So I can give you a couple examples. Um, One good example would be, um, 
so let's say there's a, a bakery or a food, a, a place that's really focused on food or baking, things like that. So a company like that would do really well on Pinterest also because they want to reach people that are are baking or interested in baking. Um, if they have goods that they use, that they sell to cook with, then that's a great place for that. Um, because Pinterest has kind of turned into like a search engine of sorts. So it's great to kind of have that. So getting them there would be helpful because that's again, where their audience is, but also it's reaching their goals too, because people are looking for that kind of content there. So it helps get people clicking there. Um, especially with Pinterest, I don't know if you guys use it as much as I do, but whenever you click on anything, it takes you directly to their website. So that is that's how I planned my whole wedding. So I completely understand. Yes, exactly. Yeah, florists, um, anybody in the wedding industry is great for Pinterest. Also, Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like lifestyle brands that you can find there. Um, That really has helped because you're creating stuff for Pinterest, right? So Pinterest is typically prefers taller images, more vertical images. So I found that creating content that is more specific for Pinterest is great because you can always take that and also post it on Instagram and Facebook, but you're making it more focused on your primary platform. So just finding that primary platform is helpful. On the other hand, um, if you're more of like a service-based company that's working with other businesses. So um, I mean, honestly, even companies like mine, so other digital marketers, uh, business coaches, people like that, it's really helpful for them to be more on LinkedIn just because that's where their core clients are. And then that's also where those core clients are more thinking about business decisions. So even though those core clients are business owners, of course, they have real lives outside of that. So they're on Instagram and whatever, like the rest of us, but they're thinking about improving their business when they're on LinkedIn. So that's why I typically would recommend companies that are working with other businesses to be on LinkedIn and create content that's more like fitting for LinkedIn. Because again, long form posts where, you know, on LinkedIn, they have all the text and there's no graphics or anything, but it's more of like a LinkedIn post. Those can be turned into captions for Instagram and Facebook. But if you're creating it for the purpose of being powerful on LinkedIn, then you're focusing your content more intentionally on your audience. I think that's such a good point because like you can have, we talk about repurposing, which is kind of what, you know, not creating a ton more content, just using one piece of content to kind of get it across the things. But I think it is good to think about the fact that we do need to think not only um, content wise, what we're putting out there, but visually the different aspects that all the different um, social media search engines prefer. That's right. I mean, and it's interesting because I I say this, but I think it was just a few days ago that uh, Instagram just came out and was saying they were going to test out all of having the larger, taller images. So, I mean, you really can repurpose things so much because now it seems like most of the platforms are going towards those vertical images. So you can kind of use it across platforms. I didn't didn't even (laughs) notice it until I actually, it's Adam Masari. I don't know if I'm saying this. I didn't even notice it until he, like I, I went through and I saw his post and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm totally seeing like the Met Gala had just happened. And so they had a lot of reels from that coming up. Like, oh yeah, like there are a lot of taller things coming yeah. across my Instagram. Didn't even notice it. I feel um, like it was so natural because yeah. I, I feel like I'm looking at reels 90% of the time now. Um, just kind of like the same thing with TikTok, right? It just, it's like a little wheel you can't seem to bring your brain out of, but it's, 
it made sense because whenever I'd go to my regular feed, it looks the same. It was just pictures though. So, mm. so cool. I just want to follow up on the, the bakery example. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking with the Pinterest as like their main platform. So instead of like spending, let's say three hours writing, you know, 10 different you know, or a month's worth of Instagram captions, they would, they would really want to focus those hours on making sure they have the vertical photos prepared. Maybe that's hiring a photographer doing it themselves and then making sure they have the content to link back. So almost more like long form or website content to link back. Right. It's like thinking about time and strategy from that perspective. Yeah. And so what I like about Pinterest is typically when you're wanting to get on Pinterest, you're wanting it to be some kind of online shopping option um, that you're linking it back to. So hopefully there shouldn't be a whole lot of extra um, website edits that you should need to make because hypothetically you should be hopefully linking back to something that people can purchase online. Mm. Um, And so that makes that a little bit easier. Um, Pinterest, I feel like is definitely better for people that are trying to get sales rather than leads. So that's a great question. Mm, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unless you're like in the wedding sphere, then that's a whole nother story. Then you probably have some kind of contact landing pages already built because that's your sales page of sorts. Right. right. So now I know a lot of, you know, thinking about the wedding industry and, you know, I know we're getting a little bit off topic cause I know we want to dive into some KPIs here, you know, and the idea of measuring, you know, the efforts, but you know, as far as like the wedding industry and those types of service providers that link back, I, you know, I'm a photographer, I'm a brand photographer, I'm not a wedding photographer, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of sort of pressure, I would say, to, you know, post your work on Pinterest, but we're not really selling a product. It's more right. about getting leads. And for me, I always like, I haven't focused on Pinterest mainly because of this idea that I'm very locally based. And so how much of my efforts is going to actually lead to a lead in the Boston area, but on a previous show, and maybe you can just, you know, agree or disagree with this is that even if I create pins, I will show up in Google searches. So those pins will show up. So someone saying, I want to, you know, Boston brand photographer, those pins could show up and then they can find me that way and still be a local lead. Exactly. So um, that's spot on. And honestly, it's become such a search engine. It's wild. I mean, YouTube and Pinterest are so funny to me that we call them social media platforms because you primarily go on and you search things, right? Um, But yeah, exactly. It'll come up on your Google searches as well. I would recommend, even though you're focusing more on the content creation of a a vertical graphic or photo of sorts, you want to make sure that you do still have captions and you have those keywords in all of those posts, because having that is how people can search you. So making sure that for example, for you as example, you can use just Bostonian photographer, brand photographer, whatever those keywords are that you want people to be searching for when they find you, that's what you should be using there. And then of course, make a couple keywords in there that are more specific to those actual photos. So if you were doing a brand photo shoot for a real estate agent, real estate photography, or whatever that is. I don't even know if you do that. Yes, yeah, no, that, no that, to- that makes total. Those are great examples. That makes a lot, like a lot of sense. I, it's funny because I haven't really done it. Kate does help me with some Pinterest for my course, so I have a course as well, and we've been oh, using cool. Pinterest for that because that can yeah. that's online. It's, but I right. just slacked on my personal side of my brand. But yeah, no, and honestly, that is a common misconception with Pinterest that it is more 
beneficial for national-based companies or online companies that can ship to wherever. Um, and obviously it is huge there because then everyone can see it, but that's with every social platform, right? The, the more distance you can get, the more people that you can reach, but it's just how the keywords that you use and how you kind of platform or what platform you're trying to focus in on. No, makes a lot of sense. All right. So let's dive into the meat of this. How can we start thinking again, strategically and right. measuring the success of our efforts? So again, we're not just creating content for content's sake. We actually have some idea of where we should focus or what's doing well, what's not doing well, and what sort of um, key performance indicators and platforms do we use to actually look at that? Yeah. So because every social platform decides to describe things differently and measures things in a different way and houses it in a variety of places. I always recommend starting with Google Analytics, making sure that you have that set up on your website and some in your tracking pixels. Um, and then also I really love using their UTMs, so their custom URLs that really help organize campaigns. I don't fully know what UTM stands for. I'm pretty sure it's a random word. I've gotten <laughs> you gotta love time. all the acronyms. <laughs> While you're looking this up, what so what do you mean? So I, I don't know what you're talking about with the mm -hmm. the person. Was what did you call the custom it? Custom URL. Custom URL. Yeah. Yeah. So a UTM is essentially just a custom URL. Um, okay. and yeah, it stands for Urchin Tracking Module. Which what does that mean? Who knows? But um, Google and is, its crazy stuff. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, but essentially, what it is is a custom link, and so. There's a lot of different platform or websites out there where you can basically, they'll show you how to create those custom links. Uh -huh. So that that could be a whole podcast in, podcast in itself, so I won't get too far into it. But yeah, there's tons of YouTube videos and um, just like plug and play things where you can help use that to create those links because essentially you can basically take these links, your website links. So for mine, it's doubleestrategies.com. I would do backslash. Then you put all of this extra looks like mumbo jumbo, but there's a rhyme or reason to it. So it can help you organize your campaigns. It can help you organize your posts. Hmm. So basically you're creating these um, descriptors at the end of these links so that you know, where did people find that link? How did they get from A to B? So it really helps yeah. organize your Google analytics so that people, you, by people, I mean you and whoever's helping report on your business and your marketing efforts can see what did best. You can go as granular or as large scale as you want. I mean, you can have a different link for every post if you want. I wouldn't personally recommend that because it sounds like a lot of work, but um, you can definitely do it for every campaign. I personally um, like doing it for different types of products. So if I'm trying to recommend, say, um, I'm just going to go back to the bakery example because it's fresh on my mind right now, but say they have, um, they have local goods and then they have stuff that's online that they can ship to other people. And then they have a cookbook. So those are three different types of products that they might have. Right. And so then you can have a separate UTM for each of those types of products. And then you could also go a little deeper than that and have, say three UTMs for each of those, one to show from Pinterest, one to show from Instagram, one to show from Facebook. So you can see what platform is, are people 
going to for each product? Like what product or the other way around, which product is doing best on each platform? Mm. Oh, I never knew this. Yeah, yeah you could so, do a whole show on this. Yikes. Yeah, there's so much to go into. So yeah, highly recommend Googling it. But um, okay. we'll there's do. a lot of stuff on YouTube about it. Um, but that's- and then from from there, so let's say they click, on, they click on the link from Pinterest for the recipe book. They're like, okay, this looks cool. And then is there a point at which you have to then measure the conversion? So like the purchase, like, do you have to then attach the thank you for purchasing page to, to manage that conversion? I guess, I guess if that's important for you to measure, which I think it would be right. Right. So you would go and set all of that up within your Google analytics, and then you can basically see the whole spectrum of where people go. Um, there's also sites that you can use, um, like what are they called? Um, there's a lot of sites you can use, like, now it's just lost me, but it's basically another tracking pixel you could put on your websites, like heat maps and things like that. Oh, so you yeah. can see where mm-hmm. people go yeah. and their journey and all of that. Those are a little bit more expensive. If you have the budget to do that, it's definitely easier. Um, but if you want to set up these links, you can do that yourself just with lots of YouTube assistance um, one time, and then you can take those links and use them throughout your content. So if someone doesn't is not ready to like set up all these different links, but they just want to connect their Google analytics. What sort of mm-hmm. things can help? I mean, can they, can they start yeah. to understand where their traffic is coming? Maybe you can yeah, touch you, a little bit on that. You definitely can still see where your traffic's coming from. It won't be able, it won't be as granular as like what products and everything, which is totally fine. But even just seeing where people are coming from is helpful. So I, I really like using Google Analytics to see, like like you were saying, where they're coming from. Because if you're not focusing on Google Analytics and just looking at, like, say, your Instagram insights, it's hard to see like when people did different things and like the big picture because they limit it on certain days and you're limited on your history and all of that stuff. So having Google Analytics allows you to see the big picture of, say, over six months, what's happening with all of this content. Um, I like to go into Google analytics and then see the timeframes of when my biggest hits were, um, to the website, because typically that means that that kind of content did well. Um, I, when we're talking about KPIs, there's so many different, (laughs) so many different things to look at as you guys are probably super aware, but I think that you kind of have to start small and then get to the big money makers, right? So even when you're just starting at like reach and likes and shares, those are very, very granular KPIs that are still helpful in knowing like what content did people appreciate. But then as you get higher than that, you want to make sure that just because they appreciated it doesn't mean that they're being actionable. So you want to make sure that they're also going to your website. Um, That's why I like Google analytics because every platform changes what they want to call a link click versus a page view versus whatever. So that can be kind of confusing for people I've noticed. So if you go through your Google analytics and you see how many people are coming to your website from Pinterest versus Instagram versus Facebook versus Google, you can kind of see where you need to be focusing your time. So, okay. So let's, let's actually, and I don't know that- if that actually answered your question, but I think it did. I think it did. So, you know, I think a lot of people still are, you know, Instagram, I don't want to say it's like the main thing, but I always feel like people, when they think of social media, it's like 
Instagram. And it's the first maybe, thing that comes to mind and now probably TikTok these days. Yeah. So right. if I wanted to, if I wanted to look at my Google analytics, I'm going to log in and I'm going to see, like, I'm going to immediately see what, you know, who's coming from Instagram. And maybe at some point I can maybe fil- I can filter that by, by time maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. And then let's yep. say I've gotten more hits from that. And maybe like, maybe in March, whatever it did really well. Like I got like a ton of hits and then maybe I can start to think about, okay, well, what was I posting about? Like, what was, was I doing a launch? Like what did really well? Was it really successful? And sort of make that like connection. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. That makes, so I feel like people kind of stop at like Instagram analytics, but to your point, it's like kind of just a snapshot, a very small snapshot. Ultimately what you want to do is like seeing where they're going to either become a lead Mm-hmm. Or get on your website to see additional comment because, like, right. you know, again, we want to get them to our website to either purchase a product, get on our list, like, be a conversion, something. Right, and usually, if you have Google Analytics set up properly on your website, you can see how many leads you've had. You can see usually where those leads came in from, and so yeah. that's helpful to kind of know if you've been putting a lot of uh, effort, for example, in Instagram, but turns out your YouTube channel is getting a ton of people to your website that are getting like asking for contact information, then that might mean that you might want to kind of change your strategy a little bit and really focus more on on YouTube because that's where your leads are coming from. That's just an example. It be, could be coming from anywhere, of course, no, but totally that's makes helpful sense. to kind of look and see what's helpful because what's unfortunate about social media is it's one giant test. (laughs) I feel like it's a giant test of what's happening with my business and what do we need to have happen. So seeing those results and reviewing that month to month can really help you figure out like, am I doing the right thing? Where do I have room for growth? And what, what should that growth look like? And you're thinking reviewing it every month is, is sufficient. I recommend reviewing it every month only because especially now that reels are such a big thing on Instagram. Um, Pinterest is a lot of evergreen content as well. Um, YouTube, that stuff stays forever. TikTok, that can blow up randomly at any time. So what I'm saying is a lot of your content is now more accessible for people for a longer period of time. Whereas before Facebook and Instagram, like you had like a two day window. If people didn't see your stuff in two days, like goodbye, you know? So now you kind of need a month to let everything settle a little bit and see what worked and what didn't work. So I found it's almost a little more stressful to look at it too often. Um, and things change. So I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned Facebook because I was actually just talking to Jesse about this the other day. I do a lot of travel posts on my blog haven't really gone anywhere, but have all these great travel pics and finally have been sharing them on my blog and travel tips. And I ended up going on to a bunch of these like Facebook groups that are devoted to travel and like finding ones like I love Amsterdam and I love Paris and I love London. And, you know, I know a lot of places you're not supposed to drop links. Some of them you can, which is fantastic. And you can just like put a link to a blog post and then people find it. It didn't even strike me to think of that, except I was looking at my Google analytics and I saw that a lot of my leads were coming from Facebook. So I just decided yeah. to like up my game and my traffic last month went up 664% wow. on my traffic just by yeah. like, I mean, it was a lot of work and and I got to figure totally. out a better way to do it, but I love, no, and totally. I love Instagram, but Facebook seems to be doing really good things for me right now. So I might have to switch my game a little. So if you spent yeah. 
four hours posting in Facebook groups versus four hours creating like, you know, 10 Instagram. It's like, is it, that might be worth it. Right. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I still love my Instagram because I love, I love the pretty feed and all that kind of stuff, but (laughs) not going to lie. And I, you know, I'm I'm also on that reels play program right now. So I'm kind of making money with the, with the reels, but I think I'm going to put a little bit more work into Facebook. So I'm glad you mentioned that because people should really look into like Facebook groups as a way to spread the word and yeah, no, and their websites. So that's part of that kind of like choose your own journey for your platform. I was talking Mm -hmm. about if there are groups of people that you think you can connect with, Facebook's a great place to connect with them and it's more organic. So a lot of times people are saying like for Facebook, you've got to pay to play with ad spend. And I hate that so much because it's unfortunately true if you don't want to put in the work of getting into groups, but if you put in your time rather than your money, those groups could be super profitable. Um, You just have to find the right ones. I mean, anybody that's gone through groups has seen some that are total duds and then there's some that are just huge and helpful. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. But this is, this is a, I think that this is a really great conversation to have because I think you're right. I think a lot of people just kind of focus on one platform that they think, well, everybody's on there and they're not, maybe everybody is, but maybe your client isn't, maybe your ideal client isn't. So thinking about that a little bit more strategically is the way to go about it. And who knows, may not be Instagram, probably not TikTok for me. I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, I I'm with you. And I want to get myself on TikTok, but I'm like, why? I know that the people that I'm trying to reach are not going to be on TikTok. Um, so I'm, I'll just play with it for other people, but, um, yeah. it's, it is interesting how that works. I mean, I know on Instagram, my business account, I I'm in like a little bubble, right? Everybody gets in a bubble for the, with, with reels because of what they recommend to you. And yeah. I get tons of reels that are like, you have to post every day. You have to do this. You have to do this. And I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. Don't stress yourself out. And it stresses me out. And I know that I know that I don't need to do it. So I just, I hope that we can let some people know it's that may be the, the long of the episode. game, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So okay. I would say, you know, as far as like, I mean, people that are feeling burned out or feeling, you know, I don't know, overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. go with what, feels right. And what makes sense. I think that can help right. sort of avoid that, that burnout factor. Totally. Totally. I mean, and burnout is so common, especially for business owners and for people that are trying to create content because there's so much pressure from yourself and from other people to create all of that content. But as long as you're consistent in some way, whether that's three days a week or whatever, just hold, do what you know you can do. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and if you just need a break because you're so burnt out. I feel like a lot of people that I've worked with start to get so burnt out that they forget why they're doing things mm, sometimes. Yeah. And so I've definitely recommended some to people just take a little break. Your Instagram will be just fine if you don't post for a few days. <laughs> and it I'm seems like die. it's not. But it seems like it's not. You know, that's a real thing. I it's because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So yeah. it's just nice to have that reminder that it will totally be okay. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you just have to give yourself that kind of grace to, to sit back and take a little break, sit down and write down why you're doing this in the first place as a little reminder. And that right. might even spur inspiration of content that you want to create because you're right. 
a little more refreshed. That's music <laughs> right. to my ears, I must say. Now I'm interested in what the in the um the experience that you're you're talking about, the freebie, the pick your own adventure. When is that gonna be live? Do you know? Yeah. So yes, my goal is to have that live May 15th. All right. So it so we'll uh, share a link to that in our show notes, hopefully, and people yeah. can check that out. But where else can they find out about you and what you do? Yeah. So you can follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, I'm at double E strategies. It's all spelled out with an extra little E after double, which really throws everybody off. I don't know who came up with that. Um, but then I'm also <laughs> at double E strategies.com. Oh, <laughs> I love so it. Funny. Where'd the name come? I know you're Emily, but where'd the name come so, from? Uh, my name is Emily Elizabeth Parker. So oh, there there's about 900 of us out there. So yes. it's, I've always had to come up with some unique username ever since like AIM or whatever. So that's, it's always been double E Parker. So I just, RIP, RIP AIM. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The original kind of social, I don't know if you want to call that the original social media along with MySpace. My goodness. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I want it really back. Well, Emily, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. You've really given us a lot to think about and uh, as well as our audience. So thank you. Of course. I'm so glad I could be on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So I think it's really important in the age of burnout and managing time and not wasting efforts to be aware of what platforms you should be focusing on. And I'm so glad that Emily gave us that example of like the bakery and, you know, focusing more on a certain platform so that, you know, we can spend more time there versus other platforms but in the you know spirit of repurposing it's not necessarily um that platform only that can work so i think i think for me the biggest takeaway um for this was making sure that we slow down mm-hmm. we actually spend time every month as she recommended looking at our analytics looking at our kpis understanding where our traffic is coming from because let's face it like sure our analytics on Instagram can be great. Like we can have a lot of shares and a lot of saves and a lot of likes, but if we're not getting that traffic to our website or to our landing page or to our offer, it doesn't, what what good is it serving you? Especially if it's taking hours of your time. And then you may turn around and look at your Pinterest analytics or how Pinterest is doing with your Google analytics and seeing that you are getting a lot of traffic to your website there. Like, so for me, I, I know that's something I need to do every month is start really looking at all of my analytics because I just, I can't do all the things anymore. It's insane. It, no, I totally agree. And it, you know, it's so funny that we should have this conversation after I basically had the best month ever on my blog, because I, re- I remember this like middle of last month. So middle, of, I should say middle of, yeah, middle of April. I went on to Google Analytics because I was like, how can I get more people to my website? And, you know, I've, I've only paid attention to the main numbers, how many people are on there and how many people, you know, how many people like in terms of where is my audience coming from in terms of dem- like demographically, like, you know, because obviously you want to know that you want to know kind of where they're coming from geographically, demographically, how old they are, you know all that kind of stuff. Cause that can be very helpful in terms of what you write, but I didn't think to look at where they were coming from as in like 
that's where you should be focusing your, your energy. Yeah. Where they were actually finding me. And I saw, I happened to see that one link that I had dropped on a Facebook group a couple of weeks ago was actually one of the main drivers of traffic to my website. And I was like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I'm going to try this out. And I, again, that was only halfway through April and the next two weeks I focused on Facebook as kind of made me, I mean, I still, you know, I still posted to my blog because obviously I'm keeping my blog updated. I still posted to Instagram because as I said, I like the pretty pictures and the reels I'm earning money with the reels, but I started focusing more on my effort on those Facebook groups. And, you know, we had Ashley Mason on a couple of well, not even a couple, like at the beginning of the show, talking about how you can utilize Facebook groups. And I kind of let that, you know, go into the back of my mind. It blew up. And so now, even though, yeah, I'll keep up my Instagram and, and, you know, my email list grew because of it. My, as my following grew, my engagement grew on Instagram. So, you know, knowing where people are finding you, is is going to be key in terms of making those I'm not even like technically making sales I'm just getting people to my website to read my material so for anybody who's actually needing to like make sales you need to be looking at where they're coming from and focus on that as your primary source of traffic and putting the effort there so I think that wraps it up for the show. Thank you so much for joining us on cocktails and content create <laughs> cocktails and content creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, cocktails and content creation community, and you can follow us on Instagram, cocktails and content creation. We should probably see where we get the most traffic, Jesse, and figure mm. that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're interested in brand photography and getting into that uh, industry, I'm over at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.